Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today, as always, is Professor Collins. What's up, dude? How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'd like to say thank you very much. Uh, this is now coming to you in NPR-esque radio tone. Thanks to Veteran Lucas's very early Christmas gift. No, I literally feel like I'm in an NPR station because I've been in one before. I do apologize, folks. I gave him an NPR-style mic for Christmas. I wanted to see oh, what would great. happen. Clearly, not the best idea I've ever had. This is Banjo Weekend on your Saturday evening radio broadcast. Nope, not, we're not doing that. No, they will. They might sue. All right. <laughs> on this episode of The Science of Pokemon, uh, I'm going to do something a little bit... We're, we're going to do something a little bit old and a little bit different because I kind of did this at Dragon Con, but I thought, you know what? Let's do it here. Let's do it for you guys in the show. We're not talking about a specific Pokemon or group of animals. We are talking about moves because very few people ever talk about it, but there's so much science packed into some Pokemon moves. And I know at least one of them is based on a yokai. At least one of them is based on a yokai. Very good. So, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and cue the music. Welcome to the news. I'm Will McAvoy. Do you get it? Do you get it? I, I get it, but they might not. So for those who don't know, we've actually started a news section of this portion because every good podcast needs a news section. So uh, without further ado, and we're going to do a McAvoy bit of... is Jeff Daniels' fictional character in the amazing TV drama, The Newsroom. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Oh. oh, great show. That's the, one, that's the one that they have that clip that everyone has seen on the internet. The one where it's like, can you tell me why America is the greatest nation? And Jeff Daniels like, it's not. Oh, that's that literally one. the I... opening sequence for this show. And it's an amazing show. If you've never watched it, please watch it. It's an awesome, amazing show dealing with some really intense political issues uh, important of our time. Awesome. All right. So we are <laughs> going to do two types of news. One's Pokemon, one science, and we'll alternate. So do you got any Pokemon news? I do. In this week's news... If you haven't known by now, I don't know where you've been, but Super Smash Brothers has been out for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Incineroar is amazing, and if you say otherwise, you're playing him wrong. Yes, he cannot he, jump back on the ledge, and he's going to die if he falls off. But man, is he a powerhouse. I mean, so is Little Mac, and he could deck you into next week. Yeah, once Little Mac's off the edge, man, he's bye-bye too. Game over. Uh, that said... Uh, speaking of, you know, instead of being creative, just reusing your own uh, material. <laughs> Get it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the next movie for next year's title has been announced. It is Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Oh, yeah. How many? Okay, just, let me count. Let's see. There's the first one. This is the fourth third. time they've used Mewtwo. Uh, Wasn't that mega, the mega special? Remember? Oh, Genesect and Mewtwo. Yeah, that's four. Oh, yeah. That's four. Oh, Mewtwo really... has two of his own movies. Yeah. And Mewtwo. Yeah, uh, I really like uh, Mewtwo. I mean, it's one of my friend's favorites, but it's. I, you really. I think, I think they're just getting lazy. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But for now, on to some real science. Let's do it. So, uh, all right. So, really quickly, this is actually from uh, the UN. So, there's this um, young woman by the name of Greta Thunberg. She's 15 years old. And she went up and discussed climate change to the United Nations at their summit in Poland. Now, she 
went up on stage and she talked about how these people who are supposed to negotiate and argue about the best climate are not mature enough to tell it like it is. She was saying how they're leaving their children behind, how they're only thinking of themselves, and in the end, in part to her and other speakers, she actually helped to get these people to understand a little bit better, and they were able to, just barely, make an agreement on some climate policies. It's real-world science being helped by real-world kids, and I think that's really important. And I love that part of our world today because we can talk about how social media is bad or destructive, which it can be, but the fact that this new world that we live in is bringing so many people together, like, it's really cool to see kids that age actually helping out. Yeah. You know, uh, how old was she again? Fifteen. What is your excuse, listener? <laughs> Leave them alone. They're driving right now. Don't don't put them in traffic. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, this is it's a good and bad thing. It's one of those you know double coined uh, issues here. Uh, it's great to see young people getting the opportunity to impact policy. It's sad that the plight of others and less developed nations is not a big enough motivator and that it has to be really brought home. Uh, this does tie into a, psych- a psychological phenomenon, though. Uh, we see this with, with politics, actually, where we are more attracted to people who uh, we feel like are our are, are tribe. Not like attracted in like, oh, yeah, gorgeous, but like, oh, that person is the kind of person I want to, you know, I'm interested in. Um, people we, we consider to be the same like tribe because our brains are, are tribalist, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you see that with politics, though they tie that into uh, campaigns, like it's us versus them. But like that's what she did. Like, hey, it's gonna be your families and your. And I've read it, and it, it's amazing that she would impact the people. But it just, it's also at the same point a little sad that it wasn't strong enough of a plight to see these. You know, look at Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Sorry, didn't mean to go on. No, it's all good. All right, so do we have anything else? No, I just uh, thank you guys again for putting up with us. <laughs> no, no, we we yeah, okay, we we appreciate you guys battling it out. Um, let's get to the episode now. This one is going to be a little bit different because I don't really have an animal to talk about or a group of animals to talk about. We're going to do one of my favorite topics, and we're just going to talk about evolution because it's brought up in every part of Pokemon. Might as well do it here. You ready, dude? Yeah. Well said, sir. Let's begin. All right, so this is actually a topic that a lot of people that don't get right, even the people who believe in evolution, who are passionate about it, don't always get the details right, but we cannot start talking about evolution without talking about Charles Darwin. What do you know about Charles Darwin? He had a beard. He often gets okay. confused. His picture sometimes gets confused with Charles Marx. Noted. Uh, he was down on his luck when he was on the Beagle. A little bit. And wasn't even there to study animals. And he wasn't a biologist at all. Not really. No, he wasn't. Most people think he was like this great zoology. I know he... He wasn't. No. It's it's actually really funny because the other thing people realize that the one thing to know about it is creating his book, The Origin of the Species, in 1859. Now, this is very important. He was not the first person to come up with... Not to be confused with the U2 song. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No. All right. He was not the first person 
to come up with the theories of evolution. Theories of uh, one life form being related to everything else was thought up in ancient Greece, but he was the one who laid the groundwork for the evolutionary theory that we know today. And that's survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. So we will get to that. But here's the thing. He got a lot of details wrong. He did not understand genetics. He didn't know the, that how that's how genes were transferred. He didn't know about heredity, but he laid the groundwork. And the two main things he laid out were, and I quote from his book, all life on earth is connected and related to each other. And that diversity comes from modifications of population by natural selection where some traits were favored in and the environment over others. As time went on, though, heredity and genetics was added to the pieces of the puzzle. We learned about the allele effect, genetic drift, all these different things that create a species and a population. Uh, the one thing that people get I mean, I'm still trying to figure out lateral gene transfer. I mean, most people can't even spell lateral gene transfer without Google these days. It's important to know that evolution is not a simple topic of, yeah, no, we came from the monkeys and now we are people. There's so much more to it than that. Um, it's much, it's really important to know that it's, it's really, really complicated. It's so complicated, the fact that I'm really only going to be talking about one part of it, the part that most people get wrong, and that is natural selection. So natural selection gets thrown around a lot by the guys who think they're alpha, like natural selection, survival of the fittest, get out of my way, nerd. No, it's funny, but it's wrong. You want me to say and it? it just no, go on, say it. Okay, so the alpha dog thing? Yeah. That's not even a thing. Exactly. Like it's wolf, not even wolves wolf, wolf don't do that at all. No, there's no such thing as like an alpha wolf or whatever. It's, it's dumb. But the idea came to be like, oh, natural selection is who's the strongest and fastest to survive. All right, so let me give you guys um, an example of uh, natural selection. Uh, Berkeley actually did this example, but he they use beetles. But since it's our podcast, our rules, we're going to switch it out with Magikarps. So there are two types of Magikarps. The orange Magikarps that we know and the shinies that everybody wants. And they're all living in one population, let's say in a lake. An environment cannot support infinite Magikarps. That means that there, there's no room, there's not enough resources for everyone to reproduce. So not everyone's what? gonna get to- Don't say nope. that, I love all the Magikarp. I love all the Magikarps more than anybody. You've seen the suit. In any case, with, with not enough room for the baby, some of them aren't going to make it. The orange Magikarps are going to have just as many babies as the shiny ones. However, the shiny ones are probably going to get eaten. Pidgeotos, uh, the birds that are found to be eating Magikarps, will very easily see them in the water. Just grab them because they don't blend into their environment as well as the orange ones. The orange ones are going to be less shiny, less obnoxiously colored, and so they'll be easier to pick out. Eventually, um, as these Magikarps reproduce, there are now more orange Magikarps because there are more parents survived and more babies, less shiny Magikarps. And so that is going to cause these animals to show those different traits. The genes that survive are the ones that are going to be the fittest. Uh, the Magikarps who did not, um, they didn't, Magikarps didn't individually make themselves better. The, orange the ones who died before they could have babies, right? Precisely. The the normal ma Magikarp didn't work out in order to just survive. Like it just did. It just existed in a way where its own genes were lucky enough to survive. The shiny Magikarps, the harder one to find, do not because their genes didn't pass on long enough. Uh, they stand out, so less of themselves. We actually see this all the time in nature with albino animals. If you are bright white, 
in a natural ecosystem, congratulations, you are the easiest thing to hunt and consume. A lot of social animals will kick you out because you look different and you're less and you're more likely to get them all caught. Being a nat- being the fittest does not mean that you're the strongest. It means you had children. You, Matt, my friend, you are more fit than I am by two times because I have uh-huh. no children. You are. It's not. It's not just yeah, uh, you are how good fitted. I am at doing curls. <laughs> no, no, your curls mean nothing. No, it is just <laughs> the fact that you have two wonderful children, and that's oh. all you need to be fit. Like that's it. Oh, it's by evolution. Yeah, it does not so, does not matter. Yeah, I think I think that yeah, people miss that. Um, I think the other thing to note though that is just as important is to note that you know uh, there are other things besides just physical characteristics that will determine survival. I mean, that's what happened with Homo sapiens. Correct. There are also issues uh, such as how your brains develop. So, for example, if we're comparing Homo sapien and the Neanderthals, Homo Neander- sapien. Nope, nope. No, Neanderthals were actually uh, 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 similar intelligence and actually have shown to have more uh, oh, uh, altruism. Yes, but you pointed out very good. They they were similar to us, but there were just slight enough differences, like slight enough that natural well, selection we, we, favored we, ourselves over them. We uh, I actually read the book a couple years ago. Uh, God, I gotta think about it. I'll, I'll look it up later, and I'll probably say it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the one where they're talking about our genetic diversity and out is it out of Africa? That might have been it. Um, that. Uh, Neanderthal and, and Homo sapien. I mean, essentially interbred. Yes, and that's Neanderthal, where Neanderthal, Neanderthal didn't went. like. Go, they didn't like go extinct. They, we became one. We did the fusion dance. Yeah, we did the fusion ha dance, and that's where we got them. But remember, it, it wasn't us that got outbred from them. It was them that got outbred with us. So we became the largest. Well, but, but I'm, but I'm saying like like, Homo sapien now and Homo sapien during Neanderthal are two different creatures. Because now we are interbred with Neanderthals. <laughs> Good point. Well noted. Now, Sorry, that's the... what I meant. No, 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 I get what you meant. Uh, one thing I will say as we're which with the evolution is that a lot of people, um, especially in areas where they don't value that sort of thing, don't really believe in evolution. And I understand why they don't. Because for humans, we are very, let's see it to believe it. Like, we have to be seen to believe is a very common phrase. Evolution takes a lot of time for most things, like thousands, millions of years to see the effects. And we as humans view a hundred years as a long time in most cases. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird because think of it this way. Every famous person you've ever admired, loved, or hated has all existed within the same 12,000 year span. That's it. 12,000 years is not even enough to make a good, healthy coral reef, let alone, like, that's all of real human history aside from us domesticating dogs and making fire. Uh, but Well, I, I think we often, like, and we misjudge, like, how long dinosaurs existed. Oh, no, they are, they are ridiculously I mean, like, long like time. Hundreds of millions of years. Yeah, the T-Rex is closer to us in time span than they are to the Stegosaurus. Yeah. I think I think like we like don't recognize just how 
little time we truly have had on this earth. <laughs> and evolution is still taking its effect on us. Some people think we're out of it. No, we are still very much in the game. And oh, God, most certainly we are getting taller. Yeah, we are. We've been getting taller since the time of since the time of uh, BC time, since the ancient Egyptian and all of that. We are taller than we used to be. But I think I, I found a way to actually help people who are having a hard time. Uh, now, I did say almost everything takes a while to evolve, but there is one organism that takes days, and that's bacteria. Bacteria evolves and changes so quickly that you can actually watch it adapt in real time. Now, there was a, a video on YouTube by the Harvard Medical School's YouTube account, and it talked about the evolution of bacteria. They basically got a giant Petri dish and filled it with antibiotics, and different areas had different levels of it. So the outer rims had zero, going a little had a little more, then 10 times the lethal dose, then 100 times the lethal dose, and in the middle is 1,000 times the lethal dose. And they just put the bacteria in and saw what happened. In real time, you can watch as they hit the wall for the resistance, but then a mutation happens in their genetic structure, and then that one starts to spread out. Then when they reach the wall again, they sit there a while, mutation hits again, mutation hits again. In 11 days, this bacteria was able to evolve resistances to a thousand times the lethal dose for its own kind. That's crazy. That's... I think I think that's something that we missed too, uh, and that was something we talked about uh, with uh, Dr. Horton, uh, just how these the antibiotics and how it is changing a lot of the ecosystems. No, it's <laughs> like changing. Entire microbiomes are like completely different than they were, you know, some thirty years ago. Yeah, take like they're probably different from they were 30 months ago like if you consider just how quickly these animals uh, these organisms can adapt and evolve to change evolution is a ongoing process it is not just something that stops it is going on right now it didn't stop it's not going to stop as long as there are variables in the ecosystem and organisms to be affected by them natural selection and evolution will take its course doesn't matter if you believe in it or not it's still going to happen it's still something you need to know about. Now, I would definitely recommend researching it further because we only talked about this for about eight minutes or so, and there's so much more to be learned. But we are not – we're not going to take any more of your time. We are going to talk about Pokemon moves and some of the real-life moves that are based on real-world animals in action. So let's get to some Pokemon. Yay! <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and get to Pokemon moves. Now, there are almost as many different types of Pokemon moves as there are Pokemon, and some of them are based on, like, magic, like flamethrower and ice beam, but there are some that are based on real-world animals. Now, my policy in life and at work is to show you that the real world is just as cool, if not cooler, than a video game. So, first off, we're going to talk about Brave Bird. Now, <laughs> Brave Bird... Brave Bird is one of my favorite moves to use on any sort of flying physical attacker, but it is based on a lot of how animals hunt. If you look at the move description, it talks about how the flying type Pokemon will dive bomb to attack the prey right on the ground and cause some recoil damage. In real life, there are animals that do that with no recoil damage of any kind. And my favorite example, the Peregrine Falcon. The Peregrine Falcon is the fastest animal alive. It's not the fastest living thing in the world. I'll get to that in another episode. But they reach speeds of 212 miles per hour while diving. 
Now, as they are diving, they've actually gotten the nickname from falconers as the duck hawk and the bullet hawk because of what they hunt. They typically hunt rodents and other birds. When they are dive bombing, their eyesight can focus on the target hundreds of feet away. And one thing that people made a mistake of is assuming that when falcons are dive bombing, that they're attacking with their beak or they're balling up their, their claw in a fist and punching the animal to death. In fact, it's much cooler for falcons. They're actually going to go in at that speed, targeting the soft parts of the body, like targeting the chest or neck, and just slash them with their talons at 212 miles an so hour. So, essentially, they are Roroni Kenshin. Effectively, it is that meme, Owaiwa Shindideu. Nani, you're already dead. Like, when they hit, like, it is a pile of feathers. It is so fast that... Even high-speed cameras cannot catch it unless they really slow it down. I'm only posting videos on Twitter and on our Facebook page. It is our coolest GIF ever. Of just can this. we add about the peregrine? The fact that they are actually a good sign of, of animal adaptive, ad, adapt, blah, 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 adaptive behaviors uh, after you know being endangered and now like on a major comeback. No, you're right. No, peregrine falcons, with that brave bird technique and with just survival, they were almost extinct, but they adapted to living in cities. We have them up here, and they are so cool. I, I can see them on the way to work all the time. They are so cool. No, there's some, they're really cool animals because of that dive bombing technique. So brave bird is based on it. Yeah, it, it's quick. Like, I'll, I'll show you guys some gifts that on our Twitter and our Facebook. It is ridiculously fast, but... Oh, it's within seconds. It's within seconds. Like you, you don't like. It's like a hundred feet away, and then it's gone. Just and the animal's either struggling or dead at that point. Uh, on to the next move. This one has actually two amphibians. So our friend Dr. Horton will appreciate this. This actually is the move Bone Rush. So there are two specific amphibians that will use bones to attack. One is the hairy frog, also known as the Wolverine frog. Because its skin is... <laughs> yes, yes, comic books, Wolverine. And you're probably guessing where this is going. It actually will take its digits in its hand, break them, pierce them through the skins, and use its shattered bones as claws. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. A scientist discovered it because it was holding a frog, and he got scratched. And obviously, he freaked out. Like, this frog just scratched me! What is going on? It's so cool. But... <laughs> it is not as cool as the next one. The next one... Weapon X. Is the... Oh, Weapon X wishes. No, this is the Iberian Ribbed Newt. One of the coolest animals on Earth and winner of my personal award of most metal thing to ever exist. So what, <laughs> what they will do is they will actually stick their rib bones out of their body to work as defense. Uh -huh. But this gets better. Oh. Uh -huh. This new Marilyn Manson. No, no, Marilyn Manson got nothing. What they don't, what people don't realize, just like most newts, they have poison sacks on their skin. When the bones punch through, they are now covered in poison. So imagine breaking your own rib bones out of your body, dipping them in poison, and then picking a fight. That is what these animals do. That's cool. It's the coolest animal I'm on Earth. I'm gonna shank you. <laughs> Effectively, yes. It's literally, I can't make this up. Look it up if you don't believe me. Iberian ribbed newt. Coolest animal I on Earth. I-B-E-A-R-I-A-N. Iberian. Ribbed newt. <laughs> Darn straight. It is one of my favorite animals because, again, poisoned rib bones. Look it up. All right. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, our, our third move, this one is actually one based on recent science. So this is based on toucans. So 
toucans, obviously the beak is the one thing everyone knows about them, but most people did not know what the beak was for. It was everything from mating selection to fruiting to whatever, but toucans don't really eat. I know what it's for. Oh, okay, okay. Wait a minute. Is this a joke answer or a real answer? I don't know. Do you want to take a gamble? Something about Fruity Pebble cereals. No, maybe. Oh, no. You know, I, uh, it's not Fruity Pebbles. Not Fruity Pebbles? Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, so Fruity Pebbles is Fred Flintstone. All right, to get Good back job. on track, the reason that toucans have this beak isn't for any of that. In recent science, we discovered that a toucan's beak is actually used for thermal regulation. Because they live in such warm climates, the beak will actually draw heat away from the body, so the beak is warm where the body is colder. Hence the move Blast Beak, where this where two cannon will actually warm up its beak and then use it for a fiery physical attack. And if you touch the beak, you get burned. That is relatively new science. That was like in 2008, 2009 when that research came out. Pokemon saw that like, hey, let's make a Pokemon move out of that. That's going to be sick. I thought it was one of the coolest bits of recent research because it's not just older stuff that's being used. It's newer stuff as well. That's crazy. All right. So next up is um, one I actually talked about in like our third or fourth episode. The, this one is actually Explosion. So the move Explosion in the Pokemon game is just... Blow yourself up, totally take down your opponent with you, and you faint. Um, and now, this might seem like a terrible idea for any animal on Earth. Why are you going to blow yourself up? But you have to remember, if you're working in a colony, like, say, an ant, or a that's bee. not as much... Or a bee. That's not as much as a problem. Now, bees have their own ways, such as microwaving other animals, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> these guys... The Malaysian exploding ant, um, ironically an endangered species, can't imagine why. Uh, these animals will have two chemicals. It's all the smoking. Lucas is terrible for their health. Okay, yeah, no, try try actually the chemical trails down the sides of their body. When these animals are about to die, they'll actually contort their body so the two chemical streams collapse on each other, and the chemical reaction causes them to burst open into a sticky napalm substance. Um, this stuff will burn and stick to whatever is attacking them, causing excruciating pain or death. This way, they can defend their colony even after they've gone, which is pretty cool. Now, another animal that does this is one most Americans are familiar with, uh, termites. Termites will actually do it very differently, though. They will store toxic fluids in their body as they live, and once they're about to die, they will release those, almost like a pimple popping full of just noxic chemical goo. Uh, it's pretty gross. If a mammal tried this, like this adaptation was in a mammal, like say a brown bear, I'm dying, <laughs> just blows up. That's not going to do much because, you're, again, you're ruining your fitness because now you can't reproduce. But for an ant, where the queen is the one giving all the babies out, y'all, your fitness is fine. You can do whatever you want so long as the queen and her ability to mate sticks around. Yeah. Finally, we are going to talk about one move that just, to me, does not make any sense. It's a horrible idea, and no Pokemon should have it. And that is the move used commonly by a lot of people for setups, Shell Smash. This is a terrible idea. This is well, actually... see, I always, I always took it as like they were breaking off a layer. 
Yeah, the like idea of like breaking off a layer, even like Piccolo, like oh, like just taking off. Yeah, that's how I imagined it. Always was like, I drop because what the you, you're not gonna see a cloister that's just a pearl. Yeah, but that's the thing. In the you're not gonna see a Galvatron that's missing its entire exoskeleton. That's true, but in the anime they show how um uh, the um Dweeble and Crustle will actually break off their whole shell and just start running at the enemy at high speed and attack. And what's well, because they're hermit crabs though. But even for hermit crabs, without their shell, they are susceptible to sunburn. Like the second that they get out of that. Oh, shell, really? Yeah, they're susceptible to sunburn. So if they're on the beach, which most of them are, they're going to get burned up before. They're going to get burned immediately, thereby lowering their attack power. Even if you're breaking off just a layer of that shell, it becomes a danger for a lot of these animals. Um, for turtles, for example, there's this this idea that turtles and their backs are separate, like their back is like underneath and the shell layers on top no the shell is their no. back yeah, they, they can't just they can't just break off a layer for clam no, for their spine is part of the shell yeah exactly uh now shell smash the idea i guess in principle makes sense of like losing some layers to get faster but in order for these animals to survive their shell is incredibly important a uh, macargo that's my favorite macargo's um, it's since he's a giant snail, if he smashes his shell, he doesn't just lose, like, protection and his back. He loses everything, because snails have almost all their organs in their shell. Like, if Ew. he smashes his shell, he just, oh, I'm a slugma now. I'm back to normal. That's it. Like, there's just, it's all out there in the old world. Turtles, like I said, need that shell to survive. Omanite and Omastar also learn it. And it, without theirs, they can't handle the pressure of their home. Their their shell is based a lot on the original Omanites and all these things that lived in the ocean. They were in deep parts. A lot of animals to this day, like the Nautilus, use their shell to survive the deep pressures of the ocean. If their shell cracks or breaks at any moment, the pressure takes them and they will collapse like a styrofoam cup under an SUV. So the idea of shell smash, super fun, like super fantastic little fun way. But uh, uh, no, that's a hard no from me, dog. That's a no. <laughs> On the, If you were going to give it to another Pokemon, though, give it to Galvantula because spiders also molt their exoskeletons. So you can technically count that. Yes, she does. Yeah, you can. I keep them. And then I scare uh, students and teachers with them. Oh, yeah. No, we do that a lot to our newbies who are trying to get used to spiders, not to scare them, but to get used to touching them. It has mixed results, but it usually they usually are okay with it. And so, those are well, just, I mean, it, it, yeah. it looks like it if you didn't know anybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, on that note, though, that makes up like that's just five moves. There are over 700 with most of them being based on myth on legend, on biology. And so it's one thing that a lot of people haven't covered is that there's a lot of moves put into the game, not just Pokemon, not just the Pokemon themselves that are really, that have some connection to nature or can be really important to studying that. And I think that's really fun. So if it's funny, you find your favorite move, see if it's based on something, anything. if it's like wild charge, see what animals charge at high speed. If it's Thunderbolt, check how an animal would actually generate that much electricity. Like it's fun to do these sorts of things if you have the time. I mean, it's, it's honestly better than just scrolling through the internet finding nothing. So if you that's your homework. Find a move you like, see what it's based on. If you want to share it, go for it. We'll bring it on the episode. I, I, again, thank you guys for listening to this one. It's a fun little experiment. We did it at Dragon Con. We did it at MetroCon. We're hoping there's another part to this where we might talk about abilities. But that part comes later. You got anything to add? No, this was fun. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe we'll do a live episode on more of these. But for now, it's time to wrap up.
Well, that was fun. Yeah, I know. I love getting a chance to do the new moves thing. Again, it's nice to take a break from some of the just Pokemon and go right to the moves. I've wanted to do this for a while now anyway. Yeah. So, folks, uh, when this episode releases, we it will be the holiday season. So I just do want to say from the bottom of my heart, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Happy Yule, Kwanzaa. I hope you had a great Hanukkah, all of that. Thank you guys so much. If all, all of you, you could do us one great gift for the holiday... Tell one friend about the Science of Pokemon podcast and say, you too need to listen to this podcast. I mean, if that's what floats your boat, if that's what you want to do for our Christmas gift, it's free and it tells We would love you. We would, we would definitely appreciate and love you. Thank you guys again. And be prepared. Uh, uh, I think we're doing our draft. Uh, we'll post a link and stuff, but I think it's January. They picked January... Uh, 6th? 6th or 7th. It's yeah. not the 6th, is it? 6th is a sun Saturday, isn't it? No, no, no. The 6th is... A, it's. I think it's the 6th. We'll say it's the 6th. It's a Sunday, I thought, right? Yeah, hang on, hang on, let me check. Let me check my calendar. Go and check my calendar. Everybody, don't move from that podcast. Give me one moment. Do not move. Give me yeah, a moment. Give me because a moment. the truth is, there's inner politics amongst podcasters. Uh, uh, yeah, the sixth is a Sunday. Checkmate. Okay, so it is Sunday. Yes. Okay, exactly. I just wanted to make sure because that, that that Saturday is uh, the day we're celebrating our anniversary. So. Oh, congratulations, guys! Make sure you wish them yeah. a happy anniversary well, uh, on the yeah. on the fifth. But I want to make sure I'm there. So, yeah, we'll be there. Uh, you can check us. I think it's going to be on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. I will be at work at that time. But there's Twitch, though. I trust that you and I. Oh, you won't even be there? It'll be me? Man, I got, ah! the, I got the works, man. We have our assistant coach, so hopefully he'll help me. Cause I don't... <laughs> uh, trust me, I. we will be fine. <laughs> Deep breaths from a man. Oh, God. We'll just. Our first pick is Ditto. Ah! Man, I'll work with a Ditto choice scarf that sucker up, up of his HP and do some work. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See you guys next time. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on every podcast site. Believe me, I checked. All right. Later.